Welcome back to No But Yeah. I'm Kendall. And I'm Lily. And we are so gassed to be back in the studio. It's been two weeks and we're in a very special situation right now. We are not in a studio. We're not anywhere we've ever recorded before. We're somewhere new. And we've got this awesome podcasting like table that we just rolled into this room in the media center. With four different mics. With four different mics. And the sound a one beautiful and we've got this cool little dj board going on oh i'm excited for this episode i really feel like i'm in npr like what do they say hi i'm audie cornish (laughs) and i'm ben shapiro (laughs) this is npr and you're listening to npr news this american life today a lot of (laughs) no i'm not gonna go into some bad news Um, actually speaking of npr i have been waking up to it every morning. Like I found a shortcut on my like um, alarm. So when my I stop my alarm, it automatically plays NPR up first. Oh. Which is kind of cool. That's really cool. I need to start listening to the news or like reading the news more mm-hmm. because I need to be a better human, but also because one of my classes is starting to have to have on what's oh. going on in the news just because he wants to make sure that you're reading. and. It's not been good for me so far, so. <laughs> no. Honestly, just listen to NPR up first. Honestly, okay. it's like 13 minutes. I can like brush my teeth, wash my face, eat breakfast in the entire span of the podcast. And it keeps me on time, gets me out the door. Okay. I was also like, I know people like that podcast called The Daily. Mm-hmm. It's like a New York Times one, I think. I need to just, yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. But honestly, like sometimes I'll, I'm like getting dressed or whatever. I'm just like damn, it's just bad out there. It's like the hurricane, and then it gives you updates on like Russia in Ukraine. I'm like, I heard it was like Thursday or Friday, and it was like something about like Putin was like, yeah, I'll I'll defend this with nuclear weapons if I have to. Hmm? With nuclear what? Bro, BFFR. BFFR. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of nuclear disasters, have you heard what has been going on with the Try Guys? Yes, that was an excellent segue, by the way. <laughs> okay, personally, I never watched the Try Guys when I was little, and no one else that I knew did. Like, maybe it was like, you know, classic Kentucky isolation. Like, mm-hmm. But when I got to college, my freshman year roommate, Anna, showed me them. And I I've been hearing a lot about this. So are you familiar with the Try Guys? I am. So are you okay? I'm fine. No, no, no. I like, I haven't watched a video probably since like middle school. Like I was like, they're very early when they were still on Buzzfeed Mm. and stuff. I have not seen them recently. So, (laughs) but this stuff is just so crazy. Like literally this one girl in class um, on like Tuesday or something was like, have you heard what happened with the Try Guys? I'm like, I can't believe I know what you're talking about, but absolutely. It's just Twitter, you know? And here's the catch. Like, here's the zinger or whatever. Mm -hmm. His whole personality, like, his whole, like, shtick was that 
he loved his wife. Mm. Married for 10 plus years. Wife, 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 wife. Wifey, wifey, wifey. <gasps> A consensual workplace romance. And here's where I'll push back on this. <gasps> No, just because but okay yeah. guys before i left to come back to school over the summer my mom and i we <laughs> went to dinner with some friends and we were sitting there at the dinner table and we were talking about this like kind of local cheating scandal and my my mom was like it's just never black and white like you can't you can't use that phrase once a cheater always a cheater it's so conditional like why do we why do we talk about people like this when in reality, I think you and I would both agree that if you're in a marriage, it's totally fine to find other people attractive. And I know that action mm -hmm. is a different thing. Yeah. But like then after dinner, my mom and I came home and I went to my friend's house, but we were we were yap, yap, yapping in the car, arguing because I was like, you're telling me you'd be okay if I dated a cheating man. <laughs> and she was like, I just, it, it's all conditional, Lily. I wouldn't know what would have happened in the past. Like, I don't want to label someone like that. <laughs> and then I literally went to my friend's house and came back and had a new set of scenarios to bring to my mom mm -hmm. to see if it was okay with. And it's just, I feel like with this one too, we don't know what he was thinking. Maybe mm. this talk about his wife, wife, wife was really him being totally insecure in his marriage. Oh, and I'm not yeah. saying it's okay for anyone to cheat. But I'm also saying that just because you cheat doesn't mean you've been craving to cheat throughout your whole marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That is a good point. But like, <laughs> but like, he's no, still no, an no. awful guy. <laughs> no, like, I don't care. Like, I, I think I'm past the point of like putting moral judgments on mm -hmm. people. I don't think anyone is like arguing that cheating is bad or yeah. like anything like that. I just think like, that's not what we're yeah. upset about. It's that's just true. that like, what I'm coming to terms with, and I think what a lot of people are coming to terms with, is that, honey, you could be 10 toes down in yeah, a 10-year marriage true. with two kids. And mistakes still happen. And shit still happens. You could be a fucking Victoria's Secret angel married to Adam Levine and have his DMs. Yeah. Like, all over the end. Like, and you're, no one's safe. No one's safe. Beyonce wasn't safe. <laughs> So what are we to do? And like Rick and I were talking about it, like, and I agree. I do think we were like, okay, so what would you do if like you were in a marriage and like he cheated or mm. whatever? Like, would you stay? I'm like, okay, here's the thing. When I meant forever, I meant forever. And if that means we have yeah. to be in the suck for a couple years to work through this pain yeah. and damage that you've caused, we're gonna do it because that's the promise we made and it's gonna suck. And I wish I wouldn't, but you know? But then at the same time, it's like, you give him a second or you give them a second chance because you're married, but because you're married, they shouldn't deserve us. They shouldn't need a second chance. You know what I mean? Right. And also like if you stay in that relationship with relationship with someone and you even worded it this way, because it's a situation that you put us in. How do you even attempt to move forward when in the back of your mind, whenever he does something wrong, you're going to be like, well, if you didn't fucking <laughs> cheat. <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? I just, yes. I, I would never let go of that grudge. Yo, bro. I'd be like, hmm, maybe you should ask that other hoe. I don't know. Hmm, I'm a little cold today. Yeah, and like, I, yeah, I think it's very complicated. Yeah. And I would say, like, I feel like in college, there's all this talk about, oh, don't date him. He cheated on his last girlfriend or whatever. And I think that that is different amongst people in college relationships because there's nothing like, 
like I feel like we're as we've talked about before we're in this like hazy stage of like okay are we are we talking are we dating are we seeing each other are we mm-hmm. hooking up that like there's no excuse to cheat because I think it's just like well actually I don't know what I'm saying no that's okay like I just I think it's a very complicated thing and my mom opened my eyes to perhaps maybe like Actually, no, I don't know that my opinions have changed. I, I'm, this is a work in progress. <laughs> I love seeing you work through this live and yeah, on air. I just like, because like, oh God, I don't know. But here's my thing. Because, okay, wait, sorry. Let me just jump in here. I okay. feel like the, the typical image of cheating that we think of is a guy in a loving relationship with a partner who's committed to him and he sees a hot girl and he goes and has sex with a hot girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I do not think is the case 99% of the time. 99? I'm going to say it's that high. Wow. I'm not good at math. Right. You have what? Dyscalcula. Dyscalcula. Um, this is a pause. I have self-diagnosed myself with dyscalcula. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really think I have it. Like, we were playing... Uh, we were playing a game back in Louisville where you had to, like, Yeah, read, 99. Yeah, roll the dice or whatever, and you had to, like... See, dice have always oh, been a problem with me. To visually game. see dots and make the number fast and be able to recognize that's nine. This is what I did. Like, that was hard. Uh, and a little bit embarrassing. But honestly, here's the thing, though. I'm still here, people. I'm still at this college. And I'm she still- finished her math credit. <laughs> she did. I'm done with my math credit, y'all. So that's... All, to all my viewers who are mathematically challenged, you can do it too. Yeah. You can do it. You might have to ask your friends how to cut a recipe in half. Yeah. But. And then continue to question your answer <laughs> in a rude manner. No, I didn't mean to be rude. I was like asking, I was like, okay, if I'm making rice just for myself, how, what's the ratio? And then I want to cut it in half. It was just this whole thing. Anyway, what, what my two cents was going to be was just that like, Sure, marriage is a different ballpark, whatever, mm-hmm. case by case. If you're dating someone, if you're dating someone, you're, you're literally on the trial run, right? Yeah. You don't have financial ties to them. I hope you don't have financial ties to them. You don't have, damn, I'm, I'm listing things that like now that I'm thinking about them, there are people who totally do have these ties. I'm about to say like, you don't have children with, you could have children with the person yeah. you're dating. Okay, let's just say it's you're just dating someone, there's no financial ties, there's no kids, there's no anything, nothing is connected like that. Why stay? Why stay? You know? It's just food for thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to workshop this one. <laughs> Cheating! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we have we have like a soundboard, you guys. That's how cool this new like situation is that yeah. we I will be putting in sound effects very often. Yeah, and even the funnier thing is when Kendall did that, I can't hear it in my headphones, so I just had to pause <laughs> and wait until Kendall signaled that the sound effect was over. <laughs> I can't hear it. That's so unfortunate. Okay. Um, um Yeah, okay. So let's um, move on to something worse than cheating. I might have glass in my thumb. (laughs) I was chilling at swim last weekend, doing some work. 
And I usually put my phone behind my computer so I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And so I was reaching for it. And guys, if you know me, I drop my phone often, 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 often. My, <laughs> my screen protector looks like, ah, oh, like just shattered. It's shattered, okay? So that was the situation. And I reach for my, th- my phone and like a piece of glass goes, like cuts me. Mm-hmm. I'm bleeding, I run to the bathroom. That was my cue to leave the library. I was not done with my work. But when you slice your thumb open, you just have to leave, right? And you're bleeding out in the middle of the read and relax? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I would think that would be your cue. <laughs> that's, that's your cue to stop. So, you know, this past week I've been putting a bandit on it and, you know, Neosporin, keeping it as clean as possible. And it's closing up fine. Mm. But I feel that there's something and it's still, so I was talking to Lily, I'm like, what do I do? Do I go and like get this checked out or something? And <laughs> I've been awoken, I'm 20 years old. I've just been awoken to this fact that splinters don't have to just be wood. What? And I believe that to be true. It, guys, we're not looking anything up here. So let us just reason through this one. Yes. Because when you, no one's like, if you rub your hands, hand against any surface, no matter what it is, no one's gonna call that something different if it wasn't wood. Like what if I rubbed my hand against like a fiberglass table? Yeah. I got a splinter, but it was fiberglass. Oh. Yeah, so Kendall basically was just struggling here <laughs> to understand that splinters don't have to be wood. Yes. And okay, here's my thing. I'm concerned about your hand. I really am in it. Mm-hmm. If you think you should go to the doctor, I think you should. And I know this isn't good, but I will admit that I have had splinters and been like, I'm not gonna get that out. Really? Yeah, I just left it there and I'm fine right now. I mean, who knows, maybe like one of those splinters will like pierce my heart in some way. (laughs) 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 But that, you know, life is a game of chance. Yeah. Well, and I, okay. Yeah. I mean, it hurts. (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, obviously, if someone, like, pressed really hard, it would be like, ow. But I don't know if it's like, ow, you cut your thumb yeah, deeply. It's an it's like a and it's just healing, healing wound. Or is it like, there's something in there. Okay, and to everyone out there, I don't know if any of you guys are pre-med, but if Kendall did take this to the doctor's office, what are they going to do? Would they laugh at me? No, they'd probably cut your thumb open. But would they give me lidocaine? That's what I'm... I feel like- No, they're gonna raw dog that. No, stop. Yes, they would. They're not gonna (laughs) rip your thumb open without anything. (laughs) I don't know where I have this idea that like the American healthcare system is just so brutal and barbaric and you just have to thug it out. Oh my God, Kendall. I forgot about pain medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. 12 years later. 12 hours <laughs> later. <laughs> Yo. I need to get this out. I need to get this out. I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay, then let's get it out. We'll figure it out. Okay, next on the docket. Um, Which is literally just our brains. Yeah, guys, we're really riffing on this one. I don't know if you can tell. But. Just, just committing to the bit. But what was I saying? Oh, yes. I have this very specific form of gender envy. Okay. Where I feel like I'm being robbed of the experience of never being able to know what it feels like to be told that my girlfriend is pregnant. (laughs) 
why is it like in that one specific case? Yeah, like I want to be like, but okay. I'm 17. I'm on the basketball team. Coach has just oh god told Kendall. me that this is the this is a big game coming up, and my girlfriend's. Have you been watching like, like Seventeen again? That's where that's where I'm taking this from. But I'm talking about any situation okay. like, like we weren't expecting this. Like every time I watch like a TV show where that happens, I'm like, damn. Here's the thing though, you haven't been robbed of that experience. Just wait until like I give you the call and say that I'm pregnant, and you're like, wait, mm. but I wasn't planning for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's like. Oh, you just don't understand. I do think that's a it's a very niche want. It's very niche. It is it is certainly niche. I'll give you that. I thought you were gonna say like I thought you were gonna say that you were like mad that you are being robbed of like the white cisgender <laughs> male experience mm. when everyone in the whole world like talks about how they hate your guts and you just have to go along. With <laughs> no. It. No. I I might have to talk to someone about this. It's not like, mm, I need this, but I'm like, I would like to experience it because like on our side of it, we just see that test and we see those two pink lines and it's like, ah. It's never a secret for you is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then for, I guess also my, what what the subtext is, is that like, there's an option to be removed from it. You know what I mean? Mm. When he finds out, mm. it's like- There's a real, there's a way deeper thing. Yeah, this Kendall, yeah, yeah. This he's got the option to be like, wow, it's mine. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, it's mine. Dang, like, <laughs> pro-choice, you know, I support you. And then he has the option to leave. And here's, and then someone else would pipe in and be like, but moms can leave too, but it's not the same. It's not, and it's especially not given our current climate too, we have less of an option to do that. You oh know God. what I mean? Most deaf. Like, I'm sorry to whoever's fucking saying that. You're, yeah, you have the option to leave, but after you've birthed it, after you've lived with it for nine months, like having the strangest cravings, mm. like naive, it's just not the same. It's not. I hear you. I think that's really beautiful. You want to have... Um, I want to abandon my child. No. <laughs> you want the opportunity to have more control. Yes, I want the opportunity to feel like I have more choices. Mm, 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 mm. I feel like for... We only have two. Keep it. Abort it. But right, but even oh. less choice to abort it. It's pretty much just keep <laughs> oh, yeah. it now. Well, it's, it's, it's keep it. How do you want to keep it? Adoption or keep it, keep it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I was I was on TikTok. Mm. And okay, this whole like Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, we can talk about Let's that Let's talk well. about it. But like they were saying that like, oh, how come there aren't any like notorious serial killers anymore? Like how come we don't have our, our Dahmers and our like, um, who's the guy that was quote unquote handsome? Who's that dude? Ted Bundy. Bundy. You know, how come we don't have those people? And it's just like, it's there, there's this theory that like when, after Roe v. Wade with like having rights to abortions, obviously the people who were getting aborted 
you know, I don't know how to phrase that, or, or the situations where, like, they were deciding not to keep the child were situations where they would have grown up in an unstable home, an unloving mm-hmm. home, a, mm-hmm. a home that would have been full of neglect and abuse. Yeah. And so that's why we see this, like, dwindle in, like, serial killers after that Roe v. Wade. And now the theory is that with that being overturned and abortion rights being taken away, we're going to have kids born dead all types of situations mm. and of course that's going to breed some kind of psycho yeah. not well very well we could see maybe in 15 20 years some new clown killer yeah and let's talk about Dahmer a little bit further i everyone knows i am not one to like hunker down and be like what am i gonna watch today <laughs> Ooh, ooh, the documentary about the cannibal um no and the other day I live in my sorority house and um, we were all sitting there and everyone was like, let's watch Dahmer. And I was like, no, Christ, Christ. Um, but I sat through it and when I went to bed, I couldn't sleep because I felt like sick to my stomach. I don't know really? why the whole time I was like actually physically like feeling ill. Yeah. But beyond that, I think the documentary did, it does take a really interesting angle. I had no idea about like the you know racial motivations or anything mm-hmm. in the story um and so i think like they do a really good job like mm-hmm. highlighting that especially because probably a lot of the audience doesn't know anything about that i think the other thing is too like i know that like, things like empathy and stuff are like genetic and a, like i think really i just had a thought off the cuff because i heard that but maybe that's not true cool there's certainly genetic things to blame for issues Mm -hmm. that arise like that Mm -hmm. i will say though and i don't mean to like put Dahmer into this situation necessarily but a lot of it has to do with how you're socialized yeah like this man was in a marginalized community and that he was clearly uncomfortable with like being gay himself yeah and i think like wait i didn't even know he's gay yeah he's gay i oh that's so that's so interesting because like i knew that he targeted Mm-hmm. LGBTQ members and and gay mm-hmm. men as well, but I it there was nothing sexual about it. There was no nothing about like that situation or that story mm-hmm. that wanted me to to give him sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that's a that could be a whole other discussion. But yeah. interesting. Okay, so he was gay. Yeah, I and I just that. I think there's like like yeah a whole whole almost in every one of these situations, like you were saying, like, it's not just that, like, they were born and they had something different genetically. Like, it is so much about how they're socialized and stuff. Yeah. And so while I'm not saying I'm, like, feeling sympathetic for Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm mm-hmm. just, like, we have to look about, like, where we went wrong yeah. as a society in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just think it's really easy to be, like, oh, my God, this man is, like, insane. That's disgusting, which it is. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but feel like, well, at one point he was just a human and then we messed it all up. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I see what you're saying that like documentaries like this sometimes are like just crime media in general tends to like make it hyper individualized instead of like zooming out and being like, okay, here are the social factors yeah, that yeah. came into like making this all happen. And I just like, I've never been a crime girly. I don't. I don't watch crime podcasts or listen to crime podcasts or do, that's just not my cup of tea. I don't, I think it's uh, weird Mm -hmm. um, or not cool. But like, there's something to 
that also needs to be looked in. Like, why are there people who are yeah. wearing Jeffrey Dahmer earrings and have T-shirts and who are like, oh, I watched the entire documentary and I actually think it wasn't morbid enough. I don't think it was gruesome enough. This is easy stuff. Give me, give me some hard stuff. You're weird. You're not normal. Mm-hmm. Those are real people who had real families and... You know, the documentary is already out. Like Netflix, it's all it's already out there. I I don't I'm not gonna watch it, but like I'm just thinking about like the families and like the fact that like this has to be the last one. Yeah, and <laughs> we it, can't keep telling the story over right, again. That's what I was gonna say. Like it's like interesting that this moment in time, this old story has been brought up again. Mm-hmm. Like I do, I do think it is this, and we've talked about this before, but, like, also, like, it really is, like, normalization of violence. Like, if you're growing up listening to freaking, like, crime podcasts to help you sleep or whatever. Yeah. Why are like, you doing your makeup? You're, in a way, you're making it so that you are less, like, you're almost, like, immune like, to, like, hearing about, like, awful things. And, like, I've heard, like, the theory that, like, if for people who are, like, very anxious or something, it helps to, like, hear about situations that are, like, very uh, I don't know <laughs> worth being anxious about like you know like yeah. it it helps soothe them but I might want to throw that theory out too because again why wouldn't you just listen to something that's nice mm, and yeah yeah okay th- this is another topic that kind of relates to this like violence angle that I've been talking about a lot with some friends and I would be interested to hear your point of view about this um <laughs> coming from the perspective of your brother playing football. Mm-hmm. But, and we've talked about this before, sports and nationalism and everything, but like, <laughs> the more I think about this, the more I'm like, this is so true. Like football, like Amer- good old American football is like freaky to think about. Like if you zoom out, zoom out of the Superdome and you're looking down and you see like throngs of fans mm-hmm. watching high school and college boys essentially like essentially fight to the death or whatever it's, like in oh. the name of this game yeah not to mention the fact that like historically like if you look at the racial breakdown of football players yeah they tend to be like low income black americans who play for scholarships and things yo yeah that it's like kind of weird that we have like these predominantly white audiences who are fairly rich and can like afford to have like Super Bowl parties and stuff, watching basically like scholarship kids fighting each other, and then that usually ends up in like brain damage or breaking bones or yeah, like it's such a violent game. It really is, and uh, of course, of course, I'm uh, aware to this idea. Like, pl- like. He plays, my brother plays football and a lot of cousins and, you know, past boyfriends. Like, I'm very into the throngs of American Mm -hmm. football, even though I myself would never sit down, (laughs) would never sit down and actually watch a game. Uh Like, you just went to those things to, like, socialize. And, like, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, to, like, (laughs) to, like, be in, like, the, um, the stands or whatever. And I'm, like, concerned about, like, oh, my gosh, like, my homecoming, like, you know, is coming up and, you know, I'm getting nominated. And, and, and then you hear, like, we, we have an injury on the play, da, 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 and it's, your, and it's your, your kid brother. I like saying kid brother, even though he's, like, kid literally 6'2". 
um, like has hurt himself. And it's like, mm, it, it, I do. I've never really thought about it as like, it is very gladder. Gladiator. Gladder, gladiator-esque. Yeah, and I had never, to be honest, I had never thought about that. And I think like that's just one way to view it. Like there's obviously a whole host of mm-hmm. other things that go on. Like I, I think people like, I feel like I hate on sports a lot, but there's like there's yeah. such a there's such an intellectual side to it all no, too. Really? Like if you study it and like so I don't mean that to like offend. I do think it's just no, interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. to zoom out and be like, What the hell is going on here? How did another human like come up with that idea? Yeah, like I think I was like on Twitter I was like I'm always on the internet. But like a video of like I don't even remember the team or anything like that. But he gets he's like, I don't even know. I'm so bad at football, I can't even describe this to you. Okay, man has ball. Okay. And he's running and he's tucked down mm-hmm. and someone else oh comes God. to hit him. And they he gets hit in the head, but he's already crunched down, right? So it's more of like this compression and he falls down. And it's like, it's so bizarre and freaky. When he tries to get up, he's stumbling. He's stumbling like he's like a baby giraffe right out of the womb. And like, and then he finally, after like painfully trying to stand up and cannot do so, collapses and his legs start shaking and it's just like, fuck. And I'm like reading through the comments, just like, well, obviously he shouldn't have tucked his head in. That's what you learned. Like you're not supposed to tuck your head. I'm like, hmm? Yeah. Come again? Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. It is interesting. And you know, like when you were talking about like not understanding sports and like, like the intellectual side of it, it like reminds me, like I was like, I, I needed to do like something for a class. So I was like, it, like the class assignment was like to go out and like just write and come back to the classroom. And so we, I decided to like go out and you know, that field near like ISC. Mm-hmm. And I was just like sitting in the chairs, like soaking in the sun and there's like rugby practice going on. I was like, you know, even though I don't understand sports and like being a sports camp counselor, like all summer for like the summer camp and like these kids being like so passionate and yeah. heated about like a basketball game. And I, I never understood that. I never had that feeling growing up about like, I needed to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting. So I'm like, oh, I already feel a little bit formed. But then I always remember that um, Albert Camus, who is a um, one of the, one of the, French existentialist, along with Sartre, was like, um, that was a beautiful accent. Thank you. Was like, he was like, he really valued sports. He saw like so much philosophical meaning mm. in sports. And it's like, what? Like a philosopher who's like advocating for like people going out and playing soccer? I mean, I definitely see that, you mm-hmm. know? But, but not me though. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I, and I do think there's a difference between like, you know, playing like a pickup game and like getting whatever uh-huh. from that. But I think I think my concern is more just fan behavior. Uh, yeah, it. yes. And I feel like this re- ties back to our thing about the try guys. And I get this, like humans crave connection, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, I think that's all valid. But I feel like now, especially, we all have such stake in in what we don't know, arguably more than what what's close to us. Like, I would say that hearing that Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson broke up Mm -hmm. would break so many people's hearts more (laughs) than their close friend and their partner breaking up. 
like we all are so invested and we have no idea the conversations they're having or anything. Mm. And I think similarly, like that's what I love to see when people like are diehard fans of a certain team or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know these people. You're just sitting in the fans every week, like fantasy football. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like that that's a really interesting thing. I'm sure there's been so many studies done on it now, but I'm like, and I think obviously like technology plays a huge role in it, but like, it is interesting that we are all so concerned about these like mm -hmm. people that we we've never talked to, <laughs> we've only seen through a screen. Like they feel like fake to us, and that's why it's easier to be feel connected to them. I, yeah, I think that's valid. I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, your your, your point about like fans mm -hmm. and like that sort of being like the interest of it. I don't know what I was watching, but like it, they were talking about like. Boston fans or the Celtics and like how LeBron was like, yeah, like, no, I just like, they're racist. They call me the N word, like to LeBron, LeBron James, like LeBron James, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like to like go and you're playing your sport that you have so more than prove that you are mm -hmm. excellent and at the top of your game and are one of the greats. And then to go to a place where, like, I think, like, that, I think sports arenas are, like, the, one of the places in our, like, society where, like, blatant, like, Jim Crow-esque, like, mm. yelling obscenity racism is, like, more out and more, like, visible. You know, obviously, like, ESPN isn't going to, like, film the audio and like play it for people to hear, but like it's your chance to be like, ah, blah, 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 blah. and it's like, come on, man, I'm just passionate about my team. Like I'm just, I'm just for the Celtics right. or whatever. Yeah. And, and like, or like when reporters are talking about like black athletes, especially football players, and they're like, this is how they would like describe like a black athlete. He's just a beast. He's just a machine. He's got that hunger, that animalistic drive. Yeah. And then and then it's like a, a white quarterback or something and it's like he's just so Talented. smart and he's very agile and he's very like analytical yeah. and he's very you can see in his moves that he's very like he's thinking 10 steps ahead and he's very uh, hmm? Yeah, no that's so true and I never thought about that but I think that totally connects back to like normalization of violence like in these places we're saying it's okay for you to be violent here. So let's just add everything else in. Let's yeah. just add the foul foul language like because in this place, the rules are different. Yeah. Like if you'd like tackle someone in the street that you don't know like that, <laughs> that you're in jail for that. Jail. Like, uh. yeah, it, I don't, I just feels like this, like, like this place that we've allowed to propagate incredible American nationalism, incredible like violence is just like a little oasis where American rules don't apply. Yeah. We gotta get into this more. Yeah, I don't know why this, like, I, I've just been really thinking about this. It's on your heart. It is, and it reminds mm -hmm. me, and I, it, I the, oh my God, I just had like the most jarring experience over the summer, like, so I was in Paris, and this was a day that I was by myself, and I was like, I should go to the Museum of the Army, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> and there's like this chapel, 
and like right behind the chapel. This is like in like Les Invalides. So mm-hmm. like it's like this huge, like basically place and they have like the Museum of the Army, but then they also have like Napoleon's Crypt and stuff. Oh. And so right in front of Napoleon's Crypt is this chapel and there's this like big glass mm-hmm. wall that you can see through. And the chapel is like the the church of the fallen soldier or whatever, something mm-hmm. like that. And like, I was like so taken aback. I had to like call my mom afterward. I was like, like obviously we've had like religious wars, like the crusades and Mm -hmm. like everything like that's happened. But in this chapel, there were like flags to represent all the past battles that the French army had won right next to like what you're supposed to be saying is like your representation of being a good human with like the cross and like Jesus and like the whole place was just like this propaganda Mm. sphere of French victory and violence and bloody battles and wars and stuff. And I was like, I'm so curious about like the, like obviously, like again, I knew that religion has basically motivated probably every single war that's ever occurred. But to see it like that was like very, very weird to me. and I just, I'm, I'm very curious about the role that nationalism now plays in all spheres that you wouldn't really expect it to. Interesting. I think we are literally just spitballing on our thesis right now. We're just we writing yeah. PhDs right now. And so I would say that war is out. Mm-hmm. I would say war is out. I don't know if we've talked about this. I've definitely proposed this to you. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but like imagine like war doesn't make any sense. Like imagine, like, let's say you have your neighbors, right? And you've got an issue and they're like, oh, hey bro, like your fence is like coming onto our property. And they're like, no way, man, that's totally ours. Like, what are you talking about? Actually, we're being nice by not even going further to get what's actually ours. We're just compromising here. It's like, no way, bro. So it's getting heated. And your parents are like, hey bro, <laughs> we're waking up 3 a.m. middle of the night. You need to put your shoes on. We." Gotta get this back in blood. Are you gonna go? And I don't even think the parent is a good metaphor, but like some, like maybe like it's two neighborhoods mm-hmm. and maybe like the president of HOA of one neighborhood is like, we're gonna go and get this back in blood. And it's like, I don't know you. Why am I, if you have yeah. beef with that man, why aren't you solving this? I think if Putin and, and here's maybe, maybe there is a space for violence. Again, like, I don't think I, I I I hear and we're agreeing on all these like sentiments about like spheres spheres of violence that are very concerning mm-hmm. and like in a negative way. But I also think about violence as like um, people like Franz Fanon and like in the like the resistance movements and like in liberation. Like sometimes like yeah, violence is like Malcolm X. You know he wasn't like we should use violence, but he was always pinned against Martin Luther King Jr. as like, Martin Luther King is the peaceful one. Yeah. Malcolm is the mean one. <laughs> and, but like, I think there is a space for it strategically. Yeah. And, oh, I lost my space. Oh, uh, maybe there's a place for violence where we could have like Putin and Vladimir Zelensky in the octagon. <laughs> You've got your dukes up. That's how war has to be fought. It's yes. President. Th- yeah. Duke, duke it out, duke it out, and okay, you know. And I bet, I bet Putin would be folded in like a matter of two minutes, uh-huh. and then Ukraine would be safe, and everything would be great and happy. No, and I think that's a really that would interesting make sense thing too. 
He's the one who wants it so bad, bro. Like he's like conscripting, like he's like drafting yeah. people and people are fleeing Russia. They don't want this, yeah. they don't want to fight. And I think that's such a telltale sign that you are going to, this is not going to work out in your favor when your people don't believe in your cause mm -hmm. and they don't want to fight for you. Your, 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 your soldier's ability to have hope and believe in what they're doing is monumental. Their morale is monumental. And he does not have that. Ukrainians, man, that's why they've been holding on so long. Mm -hmm. And man, that's that's just what I have to talk about when it comes to um <laughs> that. Well, and I was gonna say something like along that note or along that line, being that like, I feel like, yeah, I know that there's, there's a lot of like Russian soldiers or whatever in this situation that are now fleeing because they fundamentally think like, something was wrong, like, and I know there was all this drama at the beginning where the soldiers, like, who had were, were f first put in Ukraine were like, we have no idea what this is, we weren't told or whatever. But I think for those people that are, like, Russian hardliner soldiers that are fighting in this game for, in the name of Russia, again, I'm coming back on my, like, I'm trying to understand the individual humanist perspective here, but, like, I don't think those people are in the wrong. I think those, well, okay, yeah, what they're doing is wrong, like, fundamentally wrong, mm -hmm. but, if you're an 18 year old boy and you've been sent over to Ukraine mm -hmm. and maybe you actually know that what you're doing is wrong, you might as well just believe that it's the right thing. If it's gonna get you through it. If Yeah, if that's what's gonna get you to freaking tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I think there is like, I, you know, I just think we can't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I feel like I, I, I just, I don't see, I don't see, in some of these cases, I just don't think it's necessarily brainwashing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's people just being like, I'm in the freaking Russian army. I better believe that Russia has some like greater agenda. We're doing yeah. this in the name of our people or mm -hmm. else what's the point of me even existing? Yeah. Yes. Dang. And we've got the IR perspective <laughs> yeah. on this. Um, so we've basically concluded that Lily and I are um, war violent mm, scholars mm, mm. we are scholars we are we are the premier war and violence scholars and i feel like i'm coming at this with an interesting perspective these days and maybe it's maybe why i'm so interested in this is because the other day i'm in this international relations class and we had a sociologist come and talk to us about the role that sociology <sighs> plays in ir and i feel like usually i'm so into like the strategy of it all like mm -hmm. how how are countries making decisions but that sociology lesson along with my more humanist and culture Spanish classes, I feel like I'm really understanding the duality, the dichotomy. It can be both. Yes, yes, we love Soch. And okay, just moving on from that, I feel like I, Kendall has a really interesting running list of classes that she would like to teach if she were a <laughs> professor, but I also have a running list of academic articles that I would like to write. Mm. And they're a little bit silly, I will say. One of them is about how, and I think I might have to scale this up a bit to make it like more general, but how horror movie characters or like things that are considered scary tend to have long fingers, like long slender fingers. And maybe we've talked about this. I don't, I would remember this. Because I was watching that movie called The Babadook one yeah. time. And oh my God, his fingers are his key characteristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like think about like Disney, Disney villains. Mm -hmm. Or like Freddy, wait, who's the one with, 
Oh, that's Edward. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, uh, there's this thing about long fingers. I I think more generally, it's probably about like certain body types that are like, sc- like what we would think of as scary, like really skinny, gaunt people or something. That's yeah. like almost like you're morphing out of your like human shape. Yeah. But I think the fingers thing is very weird to me. Um, I'll let you think about that, audience. Mm-hmm. We're thinking. And then moving on, um, the second article. I feel like this is probably like a little bit already done, but I'm really interested in the relationship between mothers and sons and if that son joins a fraternity and their behavior in a fraternity. Interesting. I think there could be some strong links drawn there. I'm excited to read these. Thank you. I really am. They'll be featured on JSTOR. <laughs> <laughs> JSTOR. Okay, now, because you've made me remembered my running list. My notes at man... People would pay good money to look at all my stuff. Class ideas. Okay. My first class I will be teaching. It's, it'll be a SOCH 301, but it'll also be cross-listed as econ, mo money, mo problems, an intro to wealth management, and the social aspect of wealth. Oh, that's a new one. Mo money, mo problems. We're going to be talking about Jay-Z <laughs> and black capitalism and talking about, like, its place and, like, like, the economic like inequalities and like all that stuff i just the names of them get me so hard mm-hmm. i love them <laughs> <laughs> no justice no peace protest history and violent uh violent resistance theory thug politics organized crime and rebellion to love american authority and i think this last one is who this could also just be like again an article or something or a paper Bottom bitch, sex, <laughs> sex works interaction with the patriarchy. Like, you didn't. You, do you know what a bottom bitch is? No. So a bottom bitch is. Oh, I'm sorry for my language. I'm just repeating what it is. Yeah. A bottom girl is a <laughs> pimp's best worker. Okay. He can rely on her. He brings in. She brings in a lot of clientele. She's. She is her his top earner, right? And. So that's what it means. But there's like this really interesting story. And I know it's in a Kurt Vonnegut book. It's I think it's in Mr. Rosewater or something, something like that. But the story about like and I've heard it in like like comedy like shows too. And so I'm thinking this is how it goes. We've got a pimp, right? And you know, his bottom bitch is sort of like not wanting to work and she's kind of like thinking about like getting out of the industry or just she doesn't want to do this anymore she's not she's not like she used to be she wants out and so what he does is that he goes and is like hey i know you want out of this industry i know you 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 want to make it out there on your own and like sort of do your own thing and not have to work for me i get that i get that can you just do one more job for me and so she's like fine cool and she's like who is it and it's like okay it's, it's this new guy but he's paying big money we've never seen uh, this amount before and she's like okay cool goes over and the guy is like very violent and like i think in some versions of like just it's just like terrifies her traumatizes her and and she comes back and it's just like you know i don't think i can do this on my own i don't think i can you know be in this line of work without a pimp i need you and so what he's done is he was the one who organized Mm. that client he knew he made that happen the whole plan was that like 
she was going to get involved and it was going to turn bad so that she could run back to him and know that like pimp will always protect me. I don't need anyone else. And if I'm telling the story wrong, who's gonna stop me? Like seriously, like I like you guys gotta call us on our shit sometimes, but I'm this is such like a niche story that like I've I just not have heard people talk about it, but I think about it sometimes. I'm just like, damn. Damn. And I think you can relate it to a lot of situations, like to like um just control and power. Yeah. So and yeah. female independence. So look out for um an academic article titled Bottom Bitch. <laughs> that is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have more, to, I, like, I, this is something that I feel like is really interesting to me and we won't have time to unpack all of this, but I think like, I struggle and I feel like, I feel like this is not always the message, but about like women in like the sex work industry as being like, totally like, like, I think, I think what I would assume is like the, 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 the chatter about like women in the sex work industry is that like these people are true feminists. These people are feminists. They're doing what they want with their body. Mm -hmm. They're controlling their finances. And I, I have nothing against that, but I struggle with that because I'm like, who, who is giving you that ability to do that? And that is your male watchers who are paying for it. I, I just think this like yeah. idea of the, the female in sex work as this like totally independent being that she can do whatever she wants and she can step back and she can do it all on her own mm -hmm. is actually not it's true. Probably the reality of point zero 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 three or like like such a tiny amount of like sex work. Yeah. Well and even know? even like the people who are what's the OnlyFans? Like OnlyFans, like girls on OnlyFans, like young girls on OnlyFans too. Like and while you never really interact with your audience or whatever, like I, I just would struggle and be like, but I, I'm only, I only get to do this because I have male receivers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, in a way, like I guess you are like manipulating, like you can, you can do whatever you want on, in those situations when you're removed from your like audience, mm -hmm. but it you're not, you're not this like free floating thing because your, your livelihood depends on mm. men. Yes, and I think it's totally okay for us to go over our usual minutes a little bit because we, we just haven't talked in so long. <laughs> no. It's just been so long. But um, there's this movie that I watched over the summer called like Good Luck to You. It's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta look up the title. I don't wanna butcher it. But basically it's about this, she's like 50, she's 50 years old or something. She's like, late mid she's older she's just older and you know her husband has passed and she is looking for a like male companion a, a, you know she orders a sex worker and so um oh it's emma thompson she plays and she did a wonderful job in this role i really enjoyed the movie i just gotta find it so fast ah good luck to you leo grand it's on Hulu. So basically she's like, her husband has passed. She's like 50 something. And she's like, she's never experienced an orgasm. And she's like very insecure. And she's just like, she's so nervous and all this stuff. And he's great. And he, and he like talks to her and it's just like, you know, like 
there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of here. I mean, in a world where we can monopolize and capitalize off of anything, we pay for so much. We pay for water that mm-hmm. we need to survive. Why is it wrong? Why is it immoral? Why is it not okay that you pay for for touch, for love, for intimacy? You know, yeah. and he's so great about it. And he's very very handsome. <laughs> he's he's in Peaky Blinders. Um, oh stop! Yeah, he's not a big role, but <laughs> what's his name? Daryl McCormack. Let me see. Wait, he doesn't look good in this one. It's okay though because I can just remember him from Peaky Blinders. Like. Oh yeah. Yep, 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 yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. He's just so cheeky anyway. Yeah. So like and it's just like just just this really interesting story. And I thought it was like so like that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a really that's a really, really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. And sort of he talks about like his ethos of like, this is my this his his real name is not Leo Grand. Like he is, I'm not going to spoil the movie, but he has his own separate identity. And like, when I come to work, this is my persona. And when I leave, I leave it at the door, you know? And I, I don't feel the need to tell you about all my personal things and stuff. But like, she keeps prying and prying and prying and trying to knock down those doors. And I think it's also like the age difference too, mm. of like her being almost the age of his mom. She could be his mom and sort of, I guess, wanting to know the person that you're intimate with which is very valid but at the same time it's like this this very thin line of like boundary too because it's like this is his work like of course i'm going to make you feel safe and like do what we come here to do and work through our sessions but at the end of the day this is my job yeah you know and having to respect that but this is a different type of job this is you know it's i i love the movie i love the movie i think everyone should watch it yeah and that just made me think of this book i've referenced it before it's called girls and sex and there's so much to say with the book there's mm-hmm. also a boys and sex <laughs> but um something that the like s- psychologist maybe who wrote the book talked about and i think this is like i don't know that the, I, I would argue that maybe that that it is particularly relevant to like this generation in a way that hasn't been to others but like this idea that now increasingly amongst like young teens and even in like college i would say with like college hookups like if you think about hmm how could i go about getting a boyfriend the first step you think of is like hook up after knowing them for like one day at a party or at a bar or something and then it becomes a relationship Mm. so right off the bat she argues that now there is like intimacy right off the bat without knowing them Mm -hmm. like in that situation yeah and then the relationship can come later which is totally flipping the way that it used to be on its head and that you you dated you had to be engaged you had to be so emotionally like vulnerable with the person before you could be intimate yeah yeah and i do like i i I don't i think that's a really interesting thing like does that say that we're so uncomfortable with ourselves that we can't possibly let someone like be aware of our full persona before we are like fully intimate with them or like why does that why is that the first step now damn i just thought that was like something really really interesting and i think it might be like <laughs> can't hear it <laughs> i can't wait for you to listen back to the episode and hearing all of my things i think it just might also be this like this race i feel like since we can all talk to each other and we can all see each other on social media and since we're so connected now i feel like mm-hmm. everyone's in this race to like be the first to do whatever intimate thing with whoever they're with or whatever. And I think that that might 
also motivate that like intimacy coming first yeah but I, I find that really interesting like that you would find your boyfriend at a bar mm. is weird Shippa. that's my new thing now you guys it's like french slang like it's like je ne sais pas means i don't know in french and then je sais pas is like a shortened version you're like nixing some words and then to get even more slangier and into it shippa shippa yeah <laughs> i love it i don't know any spanish slang it's bad and i actually think i might have done badly on a translation quiz because i didn't so i need to get on the spanish side of slang TikTok. yeah yeah we can totally get you there okay so let's just let's let's wrap it up oh <laughs> wrong, wrong button Take this thing away from me. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening in, babes. We've missed you so much. We're going to work so hard to make sure we don't go this long without doing another episode. This was that a was very disgusting. Terrible. That broke my heart. That broke my heart. And next episode, we will 100% have guests. We've got guests lined up. It's um, just, we got us. Who? Who could it be? Could be you. Unlock character. Probably not you. I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> All right, we, we got to get out of here. Okay, bye. bye.